Now, in 2019, the Grand Canyon turns 100 years old as a national park. Now, if you stand at one of the lookout points and observe the immense valleys and space and river, you are observing millions of years of geological history. And five million people visit the park each year. And a park ranger to celebrate recently started, created a pop-up project for hikers. It was an opportunity for visitors to reflect on their experience, and the ranger brought a typewriter, a table, and a chair into the canyon, and she set them up on a scenic lookout point, and it was there for people to simply stumble upon to come across. But she also offered an invitation. She left a note on the table next to the typewriter for the hikers that said, Dear Hiker, welcome to Plateau Point. You have hiked a long way. Take a seat in the chair and relax. Look around. Take it all in. What does this moment mean to you? On the typewriter, hikers took the invitation to write many expressions of what this moment meant to them. Expressions of humility, recognition of the canyon's awesomeness, Expressions of gratitude, of thankfulness. Among some of the examples that she has shared are these. One hiker wrote, To me, this is a geological pilgrimage and a reminder of what my body can do. For all of this, I am grateful, especially because I get to share it with my dad. Another hiker wrote, if life is a box of chocolates, this must be the candy shop. Another wrote, I have never felt so at peace. One wrote, so many blisters have never made me smile. Another wrote, my true hunger is now very clear. I feel so grateful for the canyon Dear Canyon, I look to you for advice on how to change with grace. And one more that I'm sure many who have visited the canyon have felt. One wrote, I am humbled by this place. I'm sure the disciples, as they walk up the mountain with Jesus, as they find themselves at this very important lookout place, feel some of these expressions of wonder, of gratitude, of mystery, of awesomeness. 
Jesus and several disciples have gone up a mountain, and there the disciples witness a display of God's glory that we call the transfiguration. They see Jesus transfigured, dazzling, the scripture says. His face changed, his clothes glowed bright. And then they see Jesus speaking with Moses and Elijah, and the disciples respond to this disorienting experience of wonder by trying to hang on to the moment. Let us build three dwellings, Peter says. Let us build an edifice so for this moment so that we can remain attached to it for all time. The reality is that this motivation will not work. The moment will not stay. It will fade away. The experience will, con- will fade into memory. But the real question, the real question for the disciples and for us, for you and I, is how do powerful experiences change us? How does an experience of God transform us? How does our experience make us to see the world with new eyes, to see the world the way God might see the world? A Presbyterian pastor named Jill Duffield writes about the paradox of these kinds of experiences, these mountaintop experiences She writes, sometimes we need to be disoriented in order to truly find our way. Sometimes, she writes, we must not only just keep awake, but be on high alert in order to experience the divine. Sometimes the familiar transforms into the holy. Sometimes God appears on the roads that we've traveled countless times. Sometimes The pillars of the past will point the way to a transfigured, unforeseen future. The witness of transfiguration happens on the mountaintop. The disciples see something mysterious. They see something disorienting. But the impact of the transformation happens when they walk down the mountain. One spiritual teacher named Jack Cornfield says it like this, after the ecstasy comes the laundry. After the awe-inspiring comes the practical. After the abstract comes the concrete. After the transcendent comes the earthly human realities of life. And after the transfiguration comes reflection, and then comes understanding. Well, sort of. The impact of transfiguration happens to the disciples when they walk down the mountain. And if we continue to read the scripture past where it ended this morning, if we read beyond the power, the dazzling, eternal, otherworldly experience on the mountaintop, when we see Jesus walk down the mountain and return to his ministry, when we see the disciples return to their regular lives, We see that something is different. 
The disciples just don't know it yet. So listen now for the word of God as it continues from Luke chapter 9, verse 37. The next day when Jesus, Peter, John, and James had come down from the mountain, a large crowd met Jesus, and a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to take a look at my son, my only child. Look, a spirit seizes my boy, and without any warning, he screams. It shakes him and causes him to foam at the mouth. It tortures him and rarely leaves him alone. I begged your disciples to throw it out, but they couldn't. And Jesus answered, You faithless and crooked generation, how long will I be with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. And while he was coming, the demon threw him down and shook him violently. And Jesus spoke harshly to the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. All were astounded by the greatness of God. Everyone was overwhelmed by God's greatness. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. At the top of the mountain, the disciples could not understand what they had witnessed. And who among us could? Let's be honest. They didn't know what this experience of transfiguration meant until they saw its power in what it looked like in a very human moment. Taken out of the abstract and into personal relationship. A sick boy, a distraught parent, the reality of fear in human life, and the gift and miracle of Christ healing the child. It is when they see Jesus heal the boy that the disciples are astounded by God's greatness. It is then that they are overcome by God's greatness. And what does this moment mean to the disciples? This is a moment when they experience their own transfiguration. No, the disciples did not glow in dazzling attire. They did not speak of prophets of old in a fog of clouds. But yes, the shape of their faith is changed to reveal their role in God's story. The shape of their faith revealed how close God is to them. Paul Eluard wrote, There is another world, and it is this one. The story of transfiguration asks us to consider where we see God, when we experience God. When we listen for God, who speaks words that are sacred to us? Where do you encounter the world that God is inviting you into? Where do you experience 
sacred moments with God, who do you experience them with? How is God reshaping you? How is God transfiguring you? The note on the typewriter in the Grand Canyon was clear. Look around, take it all in. What does this moment mean to you? Wouldn't we all grow if we asked ourselves this question more often? Especially, especially in moments where we may have seen something of God. On Friday night, I think I entered an experience of a sacred space at our community movie night. Now, two Fridays a month, members and friends of this church welcome a whole lot of kids. Now, Jason and Courtney Faraday, friends of the church, and the folks who run JJ's house, they bring neighborhood kids to the church and we host them with uh, pizza and popcorn and fruit and juice, a movie, and a whole lot of playing in the gym. Now, I spent much of the night under the hoop grabbing basketballs and feeding them to boys and girls so they could shoot baskets. That was until Antoine challenged me to a game of one-on-one. Antoine is about half my height, and he beat me. (laughs) Truth be told, I could have won. Don't tell him I said that. But even playing a weak game of basketball for what I'm capable of and letting him steal the ball a couple of times and shoot over me, I still woke up yesterday morning with a strained knee, a bruised arm, and a sore back. Also, don't tell him about that either. The gift of this experience of playing one-on-one with Antoine or feeding baskets to these kids could be articulated in any number of ways. One might say that I got to do something good for someone. We might articulate some altruism. Jason Faraday will tell you that the importance for these kids to know that they are loved, that an adult cares, that an adult wants to know them. And he's right. But I didn't try to offer that gift to Antoine. Actually, he sought me out. He said that he cared. He said that he wanted to play basketball. And all I had to do was say yes. Yes, I'll play. Yes, I care. Yes, I'll look out for you on the court. He transfigured me by trying to connect first. But I didn't know that on Friday night. I didn't know that after he won. I didn't know it as I was driving home. I didn't realize the meaning of the experience of a simple game of one-on-one until the next day. I needed time to listen and to reflect on the experience. 
that as I reflect, I begin to think just how amazing it is that pizza and a movie and playing in the gym can become a sacred space too. Small moments can open us to what is larger if we are listening and we are willing to let the experience transfigure us. When the novelist Marilyn Robinson speaks of transfiguration, she writes, the Lord is more constant and far more extravagant than it seems to imply. Wherever you turn your eyes, the world can shine like transfiguration, she writes. You don't have to bring a thing to it except a little willingness to see. Only who could have the courage to see it? As we draw near to Lent, as we prepare our lives for resurrection that we celebrate every Sunday, but particularly at Easter, may we have the courage and the willingness to turn and see God, to listen for the voice of God around us, even places where it might be unexpected to hear God speak. And everywhere we go and in everyone we meet, we, may we look and listen. For God is there speaking. God is there making God's presence known. But may we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And may we, every time we recognize that moment and what it means to us, may all of God's church say amen. Thanks be to God. Amen.